0: Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multi-millionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. When your life and your business grow as a result of what you're about to discover, please call me and tell me about it. The number to leave a voicemail is one 888 844-GROW. That's one 844 4769 Long distance charges may apply. Dial now to call me, connect, share your personal story of how my interviews have helped, or share your current challenges and frustrations so I can connect you with an appropriate course, coach, or help you if you connect. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urbanski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now.
1: Hello everyone, thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are talking with David Lopez. And David is a sales and marketing expert who has sold millions of dollars worth of products, services, and fundraising as an external rep for many different major corporations. He's won multiple sales awards for being a top producer across all of North America and also built and mentored several sales teams to sell more effectively. Now, he is the founder and CEO of Majesty Level Marketing, Inc., where he helps businesses increase productivity with sales, get more customers, and increase their profits. He also mentors individuals who are interested in learning about sales and becoming experts in sales and the sales process. So, fast to join here today because sales is the lifeblood of every business. So, hopefully, this will be a jam-packed call. And, and David, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing, my friend?
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing amazing, hmm. amazing. Really an honor to be here.
1: Yeah, I, I'm excited about this too because you know, depending on who you talk to, sales can kind of feel like an icky word or a taboo thing, and I. That's not how I feel. That's not what I believe, and I know that's clearly not what you believe. And I think that a lot of it comes from misinformation and people not really understanding like, what sales is and how the process works and, and how to be efficient at it. But before we jump into that, how did you even get into sales? Like, do you, Did you come from a family where sales was a really important thing? Like, did you have a family of entrepreneurs or was, like, was your dad and your great-granddad a sales rep? Like, how, how did you even get involved in, in this area of the business?
2: For myself, I was pretty much like a person who always had like sales in him. I've like always started sell- started selling since a very young age, on whatever I could, like uh, toys, or on on anything I could, just you know make some money out. And um, and I was like eight years old, nine years old, and then afterwards I started even doing like s- grabbing jewelry and then selling it for a little bit higher price when I was like around eleven. So I've always had that in me for my family. They were just workers, hardworking people, and um, I just wanted more. So I had that ambition to go for more. So I think I have something that I, I had in me.
1: Hmm. So how did your career develop? Like you said you were eight. What were you selling when you were eight?
2: So when I was when I was like eight, seven, six years old, I was selling my, my own toys to other friends uh, <laughs> after I was – <laughs> after I finished playing with them, or um, I would just, you know, if some, some of my friends didn't want stuff in their home, I would sell them. So I always had that, like, entrepreneurial, like, mindset when I was very young. I would always find a way to be creative and, and to make something out of nothing. So, so it's pretty much make a, some sales or, like, uh, how do you call that? When you go out, outside, sell all your stuff in neighborhood, in front of your house?
1: Yeah, garage, garage sale.
2: The garage sale, yeah. So I did like things like that. But then when I was like 11, that's where I took it more seriously, and I went to an actual business, got some jewelry for them, and from them, and then sold it for for a higher profit in the hood. So that's something that.
1: Wait, wait. When you were 11. When you were. That's 11. when I was. Uh, what yeah, do you I mean went to got a jewelry. Store. You were like, can I have this? thousand dollar ring and i'm gonna go and i'll come back in a day with some money and pay for it i just got to go sell it first like
2: what do you what do you mean yeah i had some money saved up right so i want i've got i went there to, to buy some stuff but i wanted a little bit more so they actually end up fronting me a little bit more so mm-hmm. um i came back with more and that's something that i've i just started doing on the as side hustle when i was young too So
1: what were some of the greatest challenges that you faced in your career? Like working, it sounds like exclusively in sales. Like was it just smooth sailing from the start? Did you like, oh, I I didn't know I was, you know, because at 11, you've got a ton of enthusiasm, (laughs) you know, and maybe some natural people skills. But I'm sure that there's, you know, I'm sure there's a lot to learn in, you know, going your 10,000 hours, so to speak, in a niche. And so what were some, like, were there phases where you, you know, like, I didn't learn about this, but then, you know, like, for example, prospecting. I didn't really get prospecting as a kid, and then I clued into this age, or I didn't understand rapport. Like, what were some of those challenges? Were there milestones that you crossed?
2: Yeah, for sure. So when I was young, right, I, was, I wasn't, like, prepared, right? I was just doing it as a hobby, So I was just going and selling to all the people I knew, the people I can contact, a lot of networking. I was just pretty much doing it like that. Now, when I started like around 18, 19 years old, selling like for a a big company that was handling like all the sales for third party, like third party, uh, as a third party, that's where I started learning more about like prospecting sales, handling objections really pretty much the whole sales process really on a professional level, more corporate level. So that's where that my journey started.
1: Mm. How would you define sales?
2: I would define sales like one of the most important assets in this world, right? That's what makes money moves around. If any company needs sales in order to, to be able to survive. So I think that sales is what, you know, is the currency of this world.
1: And what would you suggest to some people who are maybe just starting out in sales or are struggling with their sales? Is there any, any kind of fun, like, we'll maybe go more in depth in the fundamentals, but where's a good starting point? If you're just starting or you're struggling and kind of, you know, and awkward, um, it, what, yeah.
2: So really, it's like, you, 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 have to, you have to find, you have to start liking sales, right? I know a lot of people have like that they they're against sales they 're like oh i don't like salespeople they're so pushy they 're just so annoying, they just like don't give up you know they're like so persistent that they're just they just annoy me and or already have that that perception but since you were a little kid, you were pretty much selling on your opinions or either you were you know sold by someone else's opinions an example if your um if your mom wanted you to go to um I don't know, to do some, um, some cleaning, and then you didn't want to go to do some cleaning, then you're selling her on the idea of why you shouldn't do it right now. Oh, mom, I'm going to do it later. I'm going to do this. You're selling her all the ideas on why you shouldn't do it, and she's going to sell you on why you should do it right now. So right from a very young age, you're already you know, either gang, being sold or selling. So that's something that we have in us, but sometimes we don't realize it. Now, when you take it to the corporate world or to the where now you need, you know, to make some sales, it's like you need to, to know that it's, it's something that we have in us and it's, it's important to manifest it into a higher level, right? But sometimes we don't even realize that we had that in us. Like I didn't, a lot of people don't even realize that they were selling their ideas or they were selling or they were sold, you know, their friend's idea. They, they, don't, they don't see it in that perspective.
1: Mm, mm, mm. I love it. So you just right there you just said, you know, prepare. Some of the things the tips you've already given in sales is to be prepared. Don't just show up and wing it. <coughs> prospecting apparently is clearly a very important part of the sales process as well as enjoying selling and not giving up. It sounds like if you're starting out and struggling, that those are some really good places to keep your focus, you know, to make sure that you're preparing before your calls, that you're constantly prospecting, constantly prospecting, that you're finding ways to enjoy selling and maybe even celebrate the small victories and that you just are committed to it and, and you know, in and, and it to win it. it kind of comes back to enjoying it. If you're not necessarily directly tied to an outcome, like I'm going to make this much money this month, you can if it's motivating you, but to just actually enjoy it as like a day, daily grind, you know, like getting up and going to the gym every day just because you want to get better. Just if you're a gardener, getting up and working on the garden every day, just knowing that it's a process you know, then you, you'll have way more success,
2: it sounds like. Yes, 100%. You have to, to really fall in love with it because, you know, a lot of times people are going to tell you no or they're going to be having a bad day and they're going to tell you something that, you know, you're not going to like or whatever. You cannot let that affect know how your day is going to go, the rhythm of your attitude. No, you're not going to lose your attitude because, you know, someone else is having a bad day. Like you need to keep the control on what mm. you're doing and uh, actually be, you know, uh, like intense in what you're going to do. So an example, if you know that, you know, you have to get to the no's in order to get to your yes, then you're not going to get disappointed when people are telling you no. no. You're not just going to lose you know, lose your attitude when people are telling you no. You're going to keep, keep pushing because you understand that you need the no's in order to get to the yes, and, and you actually fall in love with that process. If you don't fall mm. in love with that process, you're going to hate sales, like period, because you're just going to get so many no's in front of, in front of you that you're just going to lose it. You're going to be like, why is it? Is it, is it? is it me? Is it them? Is it like you're always going to, you know, to be blaming the world instead of blaming yourself. But now if you start blaming yourself all the time, like, okay, maybe it's because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't persistent enough, or maybe I just lose, lost control here. He was uh, asking more questions that I was asking at, at one point, and he was just dominating the conversation, so I lost it. How could I, how can if you're always blaming yourself on why you didn't, was able to close the cell, then that's something else that's going to be able to, you know, elevate you in your cell's, Game, but you know, sales is not something that's easy because there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of a lot, a lot of rejection. It's part of the rejection, and most people feel weird or they feel bad when it comes down to rejection. But you know, it's it's part of you know the game. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. like if if you get if you get you know, like just if you get familiar with rejection and you just make it part of you know part of of what you do. Then you understand that it's it's just it's there to be there, and it cannot it cannot just disappear. And you just you know you start treating it like something normal. But now when you're not used to getting no's, then you just don't react well to that. You have a you know most times you know very you know bad attitude against rejections okay. like people, and that's where you know that's where the click doesn't happen. I would say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I I totally get it. One of the things that I found really inspiring personally was when someone told me that sales doesn't really begin until you get the first no. Like Up until then, if you are only doing business with people that don't say no and you don't have to change that no around – you're really just getting the laydowns. Like you're really just an order taker. You're just sifting through a group of people and you're taking the orders from the people that are just hyper ready, but that's like 3%. You're leaving an incredible amount of money on the table because there's a lot of people that would one benefit that or need what you have or, you know, a whole host of things, but they just, they either don't, they have a a personal belief or a limiting belief that's preventing them from going. They have fear. They're not really willing to take the time and sit down and focus on the problem that they have, that they're suffering from, or they haven't thought about the implications of not addressing this right now. And so it's like that. Like, it's sometimes people are so busy and they think that you're on your own agenda. And, you, you know, you are showing up because you have a personal vested interest, and you have to work beyond that. I mean, you're the sales expert, not me, so please correct me if any, if anything I say is wrong. But I think that that's, that's a big part of it. Like, And that was really – I don't, I don't know. I think I'm okay. I don't think I'm super great. It's, I've been told to a couple of people, but I, I think I'm okay at sales. But that was a big aha for me was that if you never really have to deal with a no, either A, you're phenomenal at overcoming objections before they come up, or B, you're just taking orders. And if you think about, like, an income-earning ladder, you know, the, the big bucks are for people that solve the big problems. And so if you're just taking orders, that's like a, you know, that's a minimum wage kind of job. You know, and it can be. You might make your income goals, but you might have to work a lot harder. I don't know. What do you think about that?
2: No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like sales is all about, you know, also having to put in the hours, right? Because. If you don't uh, practice, then you're not you're not going to be as good as if you practice a thousand dollars, a thousand hours, right? If you practice a thousand hours, if you practice ten thousand hours, then you're just going to be a better and better and better, you know, at sales and closing and prospecting and handling objections. You know, there's very there's a lot of different times and parts of the sales, so you need to you know be familiar with it, right? So it's all about really, you know going through it right being able to handle objections also when objections usually come sometimes people freak out right they're like oh my god I have to handle another objection oh my god okay so and then they they, they that's that's the way they, they they treat it for myself I treat it more like "Oh, well, I'm pumped every time they give me an objection I'm like perfect boom let's handle it and then like hey do you have do you have one more do you have one more okay boom let's handle that one okay perfect and then I'm just waiting for them to throw them all at me because I'm I'm prepared. You know, I'm like, I'm ready for it. I'm like, I know you're going to have objections. Let's get, let's get rid of, let's get rid of them right now. Let's knock them out the park one by one. And I know that there's going to be that point where he's, they're going, they're going just to, to be naked. They're not going to have no more objections because I've just knocked each one out of the park. And then Mm. that's where, you know, is there anything else? No? Perfect. So how do you want to get started? Visa or MasterCard, right? You just go directly for the close, right? You're not asking them, if, oh, do you, do you want to do this right now? Like, do you think you want to do this with us right now? Do you think we could be a good fit? Like, you just want to, you know, assume the sale, right? That's something about closing that I see a lot of people that, you know, are not comfortable with, and it's assuming the sale, right? They're not saying, like, what's your last name? Let's Let's fill it up on the form and let's get, you know, started. It's like, they're like, oh, um, do you think I can, um, I can sign you up? Or they're like very, like they don't feel comfortable uh, Mm. bringing the, like the prospect to that, to that place. Right. Mm. So, and and that's a big problem I see because it's like, you don't even believe that they're going to buy. Like you're asking them if they want to buy. If you would believe that, they're going, if you believe that they're going to buy, you're not going to ask them in that type of matter, right?
1: Mm, mm, mm. I love that. Being, be confident asking for the order and believe that they will buy. Like, hey, all right. And like you said, assume the sale, awesome. So do you want to put this on PayPal or credit card or what?
2: 100%. I think closing means assuming the sale, right? That's for me, that's, like, that's the translation. You know, closing, assuming the sale, right? If you're not assuming then how do you expect the prospect to believe you're going to close them when you don't even believe you're going to close them, right? So it, it, how can the sell happen when you don't even believe it, right? It all starts by you believing they're, you're going to close them and that they're they're in the bag, right? Like there is nothing in the world that they're going to be able to tell you that, you know, will will sell you on why they don't need what you have, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you know how important it is, and it's just – you know, our job to press upon them in order for them to do the actions that they need to be successful. Because, you know, if we just are, that's something else, right? And when you're selling, it comes down to a lot of values too, because you could sell it, you could be selling something that's bad for them, right? And then you're just, you know, being very, um, uh, with all those with with a lot of techniques just pushing product that's bad that's not you know good on and right. 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 as a value right you know, you need you need to you need to make sure that yeah you're you're selling something that's actually helping people right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we know when, when you make sure that you have something that's helping them that's going to you know bring them to a, a a higher level and you know that it's going to benefit then that's when you know you press upon them because maybe they don't know right? Now, why they should get it, but I know why they should get it. And five months or three months from now, they're going to be so grateful that, you know, they did take action because that's what people, you know, need. They need that push. They need, that's why salespeople make the world go round, right? That's what, you know, salespeople are so important because they give you that experience. They make you get that experience. You get a car, you know, they made you feel that experience. Look, touch the car, look at the car, like drive it. Hey, you know, like they make you feel good about it. Right. But sometimes, mm. you know, you don't realize it. Right. But you know, they're, they're here to help. They're right. here to help you. And, and they're just here to, to, to provide value. Right. So that's why I, I believe sales is like, you provide value to people by what you're selling. And, and you're just, you know, doing, doing miracles out there, you know, getting people to, to, to take to, get to a higher level, yeah. to take action, to change their mindset, you know, it's like, it's, it's all about to, you know, it's not, it's not that easy in this world, right? To just, you know, have to, to deal with all the things that happen to us in life, like, you know, like growing up, like having, you know, maybe having parents or having family who have cancer or there's a lot of things that are going to, you know, come our way. But it's, it's all about keeping that positivity in our life, too. It's the same thing with cells. Mm. Right, like there's a lot of things that are going to happen, but you need to keep that pos- positivity, um, that mm. that positive mindset. You know, it's people are going to tell you no, people are going to throw rocks at you. Whatever happens, you just always have to keep a positive attitude, and you you can't let no one affect that. It's very, very important in order for your mental state to be very, very powerful itself. Because if not, you let other people get in. And or problems get in, or situations to get in, and that's mm-hmm. where it doesn't let you operate on, on fool, foolishness. Yeah, on, like, just fool, right? that's actually something that
1: I've recently, a couple of few months ago, started getting into trying to refine my own sales skills. And you know, like anything, you, you, we can always improve on things, but it happened because I had a call with a guy and I felt like somehow it became confrontational the way I was trying like I felt I didn't I don't think it was it wasn't like overtly but I felt like I lost what you said maintaining a positive attitude I felt like I was influenced by the prospect too much and then it became it became more adversarial but that's not my personality it's not who I am that's not what I'm about you know and so can you speak to that a little bit like because other people have preconditioned beliefs and situations and you know and just they have their own world, their own mindset, they may see the world as a hostile place primarily, and that 's not your fault. Can you talk about that like because you have to walk through that it 's almost like you have to walk through other people's mental garbage some you know to a certain extent, like a minefield, a dog poop, or something you know and it's it's not your fault, but if you want to reach that person you 've got to cross that yard to get to them. Can you talk about that a little yes. bit like avoiding being pulled into that kind of stuff, and how do you how do you avoid it becoming adversarial
2: so that's where it comes down to really understanding your position even though if you say something so an example you could agree with what they're saying even if you completely disagree but you're agreeing because you don't want to have a confrontation with the pr- pr- prospect you just want to be on the same side of them in order to be able to go further along the road of the cells with them. So an example, if they're saying like, if they're saying like, no, I don't agree with this because of that. And then you're just like, no, but it's because this, no, I don't agree because of that. And because of this and because of that. So it doesn't make sense what you're saying. Now you're just getting into a confrontation because you're saying what you think and he's saying what he thinks instead of still be able to be on the same side of the boat. So I would agree with the prospect completely. I I agree to disagree. So I would completely Mm. say, oh, I I completely agree with what you're saying right now. You know that, you know, you didn't, you you think that it doesn't get you results because you've seen this and this in the past. But what I found is that when we actually do this and, and we do this and do that and do this and do that, then you're going to be able to get this result like Jessica did. You want me to show you how, you know, Jessica was able to get those results? Yeah, sure. But now you went from completely, you know, not agreeing with them, but agreeing with them and then disagreeing with them, but you were able to get further down the line. And it's all Mm. about doing that as more often as there's this thing that it said. they say the client is always right, right? Even if they're wrong, they're right, right? Because Mm. if you tell them they're wrong, then that's where you get into that confrontation. And, and that's something in sales that it's very important to be able to not come up as a confrontation and come up as a conversation. Always keep it as a conversation, right? And, um, if, and if you can practice that over and over and over and over and then just master it, it's going, that's going to help big time because you're just going to find that you're not getting into confrontations with customers like you're just always flowing. It's always flowing. It's always flowing because you're not falling in that trap of like, no, it's, it's because of this. No, it's because of that. No, no, I don't believe this because of this. And, and, and it's, it's just you're not, you're not fighting. And, and you can't fight with your prospects because then you're not bringing them to the close. You want them to just, the goal at the end is for them to get what you're selling, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you get into a confrontation with them, and then they end up hanging up the phone. Then it's not gonna, you know, help right. for them to sign up, right? So that's where it's our duty and our job to make sure that we bring them further down the line to be able to close them. Because if we close them too soon, then they they, they weren't just we maybe didn't you know impulse them enough. We didn't work you know all the strategies. We couldn't work with the person, right? So that's why we have to go further down the line make sure we handle all their objections maybe they they just gave one objection but then on the first objection we already got into a confrontation then how can we get to the fifth ob- objection handle that and get to the close mm-hmm. so that's where I would I've seen a lot a lot of sales reps just you know, getting into a confrontation with their with their prospects so it's it happens but uh, mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. all about learning about
1: and so I, I feel like so. Just to try to paraphrase what you're saying, just to help for my own understanding and the listeners' understanding, it's almost like if you had a, a teenage cousin or something, and they had in their head some sort of plan that you knew was a really bad idea, but because they're younger and they haven't had you know much experience in the world or on their own, you know they're going to run head like head first into this thing, and they just think it's the best thing since sliced bread, and you know that like because of the age gap between you both, you know, that, or even just because of the difference in development, right? Not necessarily one's better than the other, but you just, you just you know. You can't, if you just tell them they're wrong or, you know, like a parent, you can't, and you try to get into that parental control thing, the more you try to control them, the more they're just going to push away and do their own thing. So you would have to actually, that's why when you said, like the client's always right, it's not because the client's always right. It's because you have to maintain rapport, And you have to start, like when I had my martial arts school, I remember I had had this martial arts school for three years. And in the beginning, I would always be worried about what am I going to teach tonight? What am I going to teach tonight? Like, what am I going to teach tonight? And then I realized it's not about what I'm going to teach. It's about what the people that come need to learn. And what I mean by that is I may have a plan to teach a, a flow of three or four moves right? But when people come, some people don't have the coordination or are getting stuck on the first or second move. So it's really about just helping them go to the next stage, right? If I have the blueprints, of a 10-story building, like a Lego building, and you're stuck on three and floor, uh, levels three and four, my blueprints above level four don't really matter right now. We need to get you from level three to level four. So when you say like the client is always right, even if they're not right, uh, I'm just trying to say that's because you, you're – you're not trying to come and overwhelm them, you're trying to like come and communicate them and almost like an inflatable balloon, you're trying to raise them up by starting with where they're at, right? Finding a way to get, a, a way to influence them and get them to hear you and then building them up
2: to where you both have the same understanding.
1: Is that accurate at all?
2: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. You want to bring them further down the line. Right. You don't want to mm. just lose them right away because it's just a loss it doesn't make any sense just because, you know, our ego wants to, you know, prove us that, you know, we can be good at a confrontation. That's not going to, you know, help us at, at all. You know, what's going to help us is really getting down and closing that cell. So it's al- always about understanding the techniques and what you have to go through. It's like, it's, you can never react, you know, the customer is always right. And make sure that, you know, when you're doing that, you're always agreeing, but then afterward, you disagree. Don't disagree before you agree, because that's where the confrontation will happen.
1: Right, right, right. So
2: you do agree with them, right? I completely understand that, you know, that you had a very bad experience in the past. But what I found is that when we actually take this approach, then it doesn't happen the way it happened to Jackson. You want me to show you how we did it for Jackson? And then you're, you're completely just bringing them to another place. You're handling the objection or you're, ha- you're handling the disagreement, but you're handling by agreeing and then disagreeing by showing them something else. And then you completely brought them to another place but you didn't even have to go through a confrontation, Mm
1: -hmm. you know? So Mm
2: -hmm. that's where it really works. Sales and that, that part of sales is really important to master because if not, you will get blocked with some confrontations here and there with the prospects. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's always, that's like a, it's like a pretty much like a game that you can play that will always get you further down the sales close.
1: Mm -hmm. And being able to ask the right questions is really helpful, too, because in that scenario, client says, well, I've been burned in the past by people like you before. And if you had the right questions going, so I hear what you're saying, and there are a lot of shady people out there. Do you think that everyone in the industry is shady? Do you think that everyone in the industry is going to burn? Yes, no, okay. So, like, what would be some telltale signs to you? And I'm just making this up, but, like, you know, what would be some telltale signs to you of a reputable company? And then when they tell you what those are and be like, well, we actually have that, like, and we've got that, and we've got that. And I'm here, you know, I'm not trying to push this on you. I just really think it's a good fit. And then now is that is, and then you kind of move them down the line. Is that accurate? Is that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm moving down the line with questions, right? Like like you always want to be asking the questions because then that keeps you in control and Mm. it keeps you obtaining information. Right. You want to grab as much information while you're asking those questions, because then what you're going to use is all the information that they're giving you. You're going to use it against them in order to close them. Right. So if they're saying, you know, that, you know, they've been struggling for a long time and, you know, that, you know, they're about to lose their house, then, you know, you can bring that back and saying, that's the reason why, you know, you cannot miss on something like this because, Mm -hmm. you know, you cannot keep living the same way, you know, you need to make a change and we both know it. Right. But, and that's where you can bring more, you can bring them to that spot of accountability. You can, you know, really work really further down with them because you were able to ask the right questions and get the right information and then use that information in order to lock them in. So Mm -hmm. there's no way they can go. Right. Mm -hmm. So, that's why if you don't have enough information to lock them in at the end, that means you didn't ask the right questions in order to, to get that information that you needed in order to lock them in and close them, right? So hmm. that's something that also, you know, has to be in, in the pitch, right? So when you're doing the pitch, you know, you know what are you collecting? What type of information are you asking? And And then just, you know, make it all as a conversation, right. Don't make it sound like, like a robotic because then they could feel that they're just getting pitch and it's not like a natural. It's not really, you know, you're not really caring about them. Right. But when you really take that, you know, one-on-one approach and then just go all in, like they can feel like it's per, like you're really personable with them. They'll just go all in and they'll, they'll share with you their situations and everything. And then it's your turn to take all the pain. And it's like, Hey, I know it's hurting all the pain that you're telling me and that, you know, it's like you're suffocating it. You're suffocating with all of that, but you know, my program or my, my product is going to be able to solve that, that problem. Right. So you press a little bit more on the pains that makes are making them, you know, just feel that suffocation. And then, you know, it's like, Hey, let's stop suffocating because I have this product that will save you right now. Right. Mm. And, and that's where you help them, no. right? They feel like, man, you you this guy actually helped me so much because you know, but sometimes they don't make themselves feel that pain. It's just like whatever. Mm. For them it's like whatever. But for us it's not not like whatever. Because we make sure that they feel the pain so much at that and we try to press it on at that point, at that second on the call, they can feel it in that moment and they could maybe put you know all their emotions into it because sometimes they just put their minds to it, but their emotions are not into it, so they just don't care. They're like, oh, whatever. It's it's just it's just whatever. But it's not whatever because it, it's their it, life. It, it's their it's life. It's everything, right? Mm. So yeah.
1: So you, let me. So let's just try to recap. So you're building rapport with people. You're building like a relationship by by having a genuine interest in who they are and what their goals are and what they're doing and what they're you know and their situation and just getting to know them like you would with any friend. Like, what's your favorite song? And What's this color? And you're just asking information, but it needs to be targeted to the situation and the problem at hand. And then you want to disturb them, it sounds like. Like when you find the pain, you actually want to sit in it. And this is probably where a lot of people struggle because you don't want to ever make anyone feel bad. But for them, you, you want to get them to open up and talk about the pain more. You want to get them to, to confide in you so you can really understand because it's like they've got a thorn in their side. They've got a, you know, they've got a bleeding neck, so to speak. And, it, you know, sometimes, like, a, if you have a pet or an animal, you know, they'll hide it from you. Cats, they always hide their injuries, right? They're not going to expose it. And so that's where you really want to understand that because someone could have something that's a real p- problem in their life. And maybe you don't have a product to sell them. But as a salesperson, your goal is to understand and uncover the biggest, deepest, most sore, like, sore, sore biggest pains in their life, and then try to help them make a decision. I think most people in this life watch too much television. If we all did more, we would actually have more. If we went to the gym more, we would have better physiques. If we talked to our friends more, we would have better relationships. If we spent more time caring about our partner and asking them questions, we have better relationships with them. Like all these things, if we read more, we would have more knowledge. If we did more conferences or you know, went to, got more education, we would be smarter. So I, I really believe that there's a lot of benefit as a salesperson in getting someone to take action into the the direction of solving a pain in their life versus letting them sit and suffer and letting that get infected and just become worse. So it sounds like from what you're saying is you use questions to not only qualify them but to understand the, the full dynamic of their personal situation. And doing that, you build a relationship with them because they're like, wow, this person really cares about me. They really seem to want to know about my life, my situation. And then you're treating it like a stern but loving parent and trying to get them, well, then why don't you do this? What, why wouldn't this be the perfect idea? And you're trying to make it so you're like a third party. Even though you may represent a company, you're like, you, you take your personal gain out of it. And so really you're just trying to be like a trusted advisor, a stern but loving parent to be like, well, why wouldn't you do that? Like, what's the problem with that? Why, why? And then when they bring up those objections, you can go, I understand why you might feel that way. Have you thought about this? And then you keep using questions to get them to explore that thing. Like, well, okay, you don't have the money. I mean, think of it as if you're inviting a friend to see a movie. It's never like, hey, you want to see a movie? Well, maybe, but I don't know. I'm kind of, I got this thing tomorrow. Okay, but you like, do you really have to get it done tomorrow? Or, you know, could, could I help you with it later tonight? Like now you're negotiating and it's not a yes or no. It's a how do we make it work kind of collaboration. Am I close? Would you say there are any big yes. flaws or how would you improve on what I've just suggested?
2: No, yes, that's, that's correct. Have to, um, definitely like put in, put in, put in everything you have right into, mm. into cells. It's not just one thing, right? It's not just like, Oh, I'm going to agree and then disagree. And then, but not ask them questions. Right. It's like, that's the thing with sales, right? Like, there's so many things that go involved. That's why it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of, you know, dedication and just making sure that, you know, that you're learning, right? That like you're learning and that you're doing all of them, all of that stuff, right? So it's like you have to keep a positive attitude, stay consistent. You need to, you know, ask the right questions. You need to... Um, you know get familiar with the no's not let any no just you know lose your um lose your attitude or whatever you have to keep that positive attitude and you have to understand the law of average that law of average is it's like more doors that you hit more cells that you will get the more calls that you will make the more cells that you will make mm-hmm. but it's like it's a numbers game right like you have to go through the numbers you have to get through the no's in order to get to the yeses and then a good a really good way to like a mind hack that you can use to go towards all those no's to get to the yes is by every time you get a no you get excited you're happy you know you have your good attitude why because you're getting closer to your yes and if Mm -hmm. you always have that mindset then you never lose your attitude because whatever happens in that call, even if it's a no, what, you get pumped, you get excited. Why? Because you're closer to your yes, and then you just hit that next call or you just hit that next four or you just hit that next – you hit the next prospect, right? So with a very high-quality attitude and very – keeping yourself in, like, good vibrations and not, you know, lowering yourself or oh, why they said no, or was it because, because of me or because they didn't like me? Like, just, like, take responsibility and just be happy and go to the, go to the next. That's now, something that will definitely... Now, a
1: couple of questions... I love what you said, and so far, people that are paying attention, I already think you probably want to listen to this a couple of times over, because there's no magic room. There's nothing we're talking about here that we're going to hang up and then go, okay, now this is the real stuff. Hey, now that we told those losers this stuff, like that's just not the reality situation. What you're hearing today is literally what's working for both of us, and you're clearly, you know, David, you're clearly the, the expert uh, more than I am, but it's working for both of us, and we're really trying to say this to help you in your best interest, so by all means, I hope you're taking notes at this point, and if you haven't been, you may want to re-listen to this call and maybe just re-listen to it anyways, just for the sake of repetition and helping with learning. But now, David, I want to ask a couple other things. So one, I want to know get you to talk about teaching versus selling, Like, because a lot of times people open up the pain, and then because they want to help, we all want to help each other. They jump in and solve it right away. And then also, but how many touches do you, like, when do you let a lead go? How many touches do you go for? Do you follow up with them forever, even if they've, like, said, leave me alone already? Like, how do you, you know, do you have a goal? When you get a lead, are you, like, I'm going to contact this person 12 times no matter what happens? I'm going to contact them 12 times no matter what happens. Remove yourself from any outcome and just, you know, just, just kind of, again, just, just, just gardening every day, just chipping away at this thing and just getting comfortable with it. Is there anything like that? Can you, can you speak to those two things? Follow-up, and then also how to avoid solving their pain when you're trying to close a deal.
2: Yeah, so solving when it comes down to solving the pain, right, it, I, I really focus on making sure that we could be a right fit for them to really fit to just handle the pain that of the problem that they're going through. And I just really make sure, sh- uh, make sure that they're understood. They analyze that. Hey, my pain is this. It's very harsh right now. And I make them feel it. And then it's like, okay, if I don't take action right now, then I'm still going to feel this pain. It's going to get worse. And then that's where we can even compound the pain. We can even talk about compounding the pain for the next five years. And it's even going to get worse. So we cannot even let that point happen. So we need to act right now. So even harsh, we push down and until we are a right fit and go for the close. Now, um, mm. the other question you asked was, the, sorry for that. The other question oh, no, no, was. No, that's
1: okay. It's okay. I, I'm bad for being like, hey, here's seven questions because they're all on my mind. Blah. And so it's all good. Yeah, one was the how to avoid solving the, the problem for them instead of closing them on the deal. And I think you answered that. You were saying that it's just to lean in on the problem more because you're probably not going to fix it in a quick fix. You might be able to give them a tip but you won't be there to supervise or your company won't be there to supervise and handhold and you know, you're you're basically giving up control and you're just giving them, you know, something to, to like a band aid solution to the pain. Like, well, you could just do this and that might solve the problem. And they're like, oh you're right, but you're not actually gonna get involved in it with them. You're not getting into the mud with them to solve this thing. Even if you're just a sales rep and the company's gonna do it, you know, you, you just they're not gonna have It's like if someone wanted to win a gold medal, would they be better off training in the garage on their own or having three coaches that all previously won gold medals? Of course they would do better with the three coaches. So you spoke to that. How about the touches and the follow-up? Like when you get a lead, do you just – in your head, like – because they always say like the the fortunes and the follow-up. So do you just keep – like I was just asking that. Like do you have like a default 12-touch kind of system – that every lead is going to get and they're either going to buy at touch one or they're going to buy at touch seven or touch 12. But no matter what, we're going to send these emails and make these calls if they don't buy. You know, like, is there something like that? Like, how do you know when t- following up is too much or not enough?
2: Yeah, so it really depends what, how you're doing it, right? Like, an example, if, you're, if you have a whole funnel and you have, like, your whole marketing system in place, and then you're just getting leads in that type of matter, then I would definitely have like a five five sequence follow up where you're, you know, dragging them back into different offers or just like making sure you're you're you nurture the lead, right? For, further down the road. Now when you're c- talking to them from just like a a meeting or from a prospecting den or you just hit you, you were spoke to a lead that you got on the phone with, then yes, you, you want to follow up at least, you know, you know, if you weren't able to close them on the spot and they really had like reasons why they couldn't do it that time, then you want to make sure you follow up. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and and have a way to, to come back in. Right. Because maybe that day you, for whatever reason, they actually had really reasons why they couldn't do it. Then you want to make sure that you have a way to come back at them, right?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit more? What are some of the reasons for being in touch? What are some of the reasons to follow up? Because sometimes we're like, well, I called him and he said he wasn't interested. So now what am I calling him for?
2: So it's like, you want to keep notes, right? Like if I called and he didn't pick up, right, then I'm going to, you know, write down that he didn't pick up. So I can call back again another time and, and until I speak to them, right. Then if I spoke, I spoke to them, then, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, put the key po- I want to write down the queens or the things that I was able to, you know, grab from the conversation, just like key points. So I can remember. And then when I follow up with them, I'm like, Hey, how's it going? Then I could go back towards everything and then pitch them again. Um, mm. but, and then, but like, yes, you're going to make a lot of money on the follow-ups, right? But you're also going to make sometimes a lot of sales just on the first call, right? But it does not mean that you're not going to follow up with all, all the lists, right? It's like, mm. don't cherry pick. I always say that don't cherry pick, like make sure you hit every single, uh, you know, lead every single call, right? That you just follow mm. up, that you work the, the right way. Cause if, if you do all the, all those things in the, in the back end, you will have a, a lot of sales, you, have, you know, the people that for whatever reason, they couldn't sign up last week, but they can this week. And you were just, because you were following up and you were putting yourself up there, you were able to grab all of that, all of that people. Right. So it's for sure to follow up, you know, you have to have like, you know, either a CRM or a systems in order to be able to follow up with, you know, with the people nowadays.
1: So can we speak to the habits a little bit? Like what are some of the day-to-day habits of the most successful sales reps like yourself and, and clients that you've worked with?
2: Like some success?
1: The most successful habits and routines and rituals uh, like of yourself and some of the people that you've worked with.
2: So for we, um, we meditate a lot, right? We uh, – Just let positive energy just, you know, fill us up, you know, like really understand that we're going out there to make a positive, just a positive impact and that we just have to stay in positivity. So something that that's really powerful for myself and it's like a negative thought will bring you to another negative thought and another negative thought and then another negative thought. And then another negative thought, and then another negative thought, and then you're surrounded in a tornado of negativity because just one negative thought brought you into this whole tornado. Then, with positivity, is the same thing. One positive thought will bring you to another positive thought, to another positive thought, and then you're just going to be in a tornado of positivity. So, whenever negativity comes your way, it's gonna, it's just gonna bounce back right away because you're in that, in that positivity and that tornado mm. of positivity. And, and when you're able to just, you know, every day, you know, like live it as a habit where you're just living in that tornado, pos- positivity, positivity, because you're feeding yourself in positivity only and staying away from all that negative. That's something that, you know, for myself and even a lot of you know mentors that I've had, like they've they, it's a, a rule, it's like we have to do it, it's, you know, no matter what, we have to really um, mm. do it in that life, because there's so much negativity that can happen right away, or, you know, or or even, you know, just things that can happen in life, or in a, in a day, that can just hit us, but because we have that, you know, positive tornado all around us all the time, it just doesn't hit us the same way, and, and that's something that you know keeps allowing you to perform and not bring down the productivity just because things happen and that's Mm. something that you have to have you know you have to learn and really start you know uh, having it as a habit all the time in order to always be able to perform because if not things out there will just crush you and, you know, it's just, it happens, you know, and mm. it's very hard, it's very hard not to, to always do that. You know, sometimes I like if I have to struggle for a minute or two, if something happens, but it's, I wouldn't struggle the same way just because right away, I know exactly how to put my, I bring my mind right to track again. I'm like, Hey no it's positivity boom. And I change away from all that negativity, even though if it was something really bad, I automatically bounce back from there because it's like, I'm in that positivity mindset. And I know that if I just keep my mind, like just one more minute or one or 30 seconds more in just that subject, that's negative. It's automatically going to bring me to another negative thought. And that's where I'm going to be in a, in a wrong direction. And if every day, you know, you can just live like that and into your habits. I think that there's a lot of positive things that happen, you know, that, that will happen in your life. Like, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, that's I love that, that.
1: I think that's great. That was- so meditating. Meditating is a really important, consistent, regular habit that you feel that a lot of the top performers have. And it's, it's to maintain your state. It's to maintain your, the integrity of your positive attitude despite having to talk to someone who maybe isn't as enthusiastic about what you've got as you are. And it's about being self-sufficient, it's almost like. It's building yourself up enough that if you talk to someone, they try to steal a little piece of your energy, it's not enough to slow you down. I love that. I love that. That's really yeah. good. We haven't talked this about you. sales scripts at all here. Now, do they, how do they fit in? Do you feel that sales scripts are essential? Like, What, what are your thoughts yeah. on those?
2: Yeah, that's for sure. Like you need a script, right? So whatever you're selling, you need to have a script, right? A way, a good way of introduction, short story, presentation, and then go for the close and then the rehash. The rehash is when you, you know, follow up again with them and, and all of that. So it's like, you need to, you know, practice the pitch, practice the pitch as you know, as you're, you're doing a conversation, it just doesn't sound robotic. Right, and the same thing, like if you're if you're trying to sell an info product or you're trying to sell anything online, right? You need a a sales sales letter, right? You know, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. page in order to really, you know, captivate the audience. Then the same same thing, right? When you're trying to go for a market, you need a script, and you need to practice it over and over and over and over and over again until you know you just feel like it's it's natural and that you're getting. You're qualifying a prospect. You're asking all the questions that you need to know to get the right information to then be able to bounce back. You know, you you need to – it's like you you need to – yeah, you need to have a script for sure.
0: Mm, mm, mm.
1: I love the analogy before where you said, like, as you overcome objections, you get excited because it's like getting your prospect naked in the sense of, in the beginning, maybe because they don't know you or they're expecting you to force them into something, they've got their – their you know their armor on and they're big, you know, but slowly you're like, oh, let's take the shield off. All right, let's take off the helmet. Hey, let's take off that chainmail. Hey, still got those big heavy boots. Let's get rid of those. And it's overcoming these things. Or you might be finding out that there's actual real flaws or something as a company, as a business that you guys need to solve. And maybe there's some things that you might have to confess and admit, like, you're right, we aren't perfect. And that's a real fact of that. And if that matters to you, then you know, then maybe this isn't a good fit. But if you care about X, Y, Z, A, B, C, then maybe you can forgive us for this shortcoming. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, that was that was 100%. I guess I was saying it more more for myself, because I'm, you know, I think you're right. Sales is the lifeblood of any business. Sales is how we persuade things. I'm having issues in this condo complex I'm living in now with pets. We put a brought a hundred people together and we're trying to persuade building management because that's it's like 10 to 11% of people that live here, and those are just the people that have raised their hand. There's tons of people that, are, that have pets that aren't getting involved because you know, they haven't been identified or you know, they just don't want to get involved. So I think sales is, like you said, it's such a critical part of our life and our skills from not just growing our businesses but convincing our spouses to stay with us or convincing someone to become our spouse or convincing our children to make the right decisions in lives or convincing, like, again, 101 different opportunities. Is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you?
2: No, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of questions to ask in this world, right? But uh, yeah, there's always, and when it comes down to sales, we can just keep going for days and days and days, right? Because there's just so much, uh, you know, to learn about sales and to implement, right? Mm-hmm. And um, when it comes down to marketing too, you know, there's a lot of, you know, like you can go for, for days too, but it really, it, it really all depends to, comes down to, you know, what are you doing, you know, right now? that's going to take you where you want to be tomorrow, right? And, Mm. and try to really always be in that mindset, right? Like, what am I doing right now? That's going to get me where I want to be tomorrow. And it's going to, you know, you know, bring that, um, bring that importance of like, Hey, like, am I, am I wasting time right now? Or, you know, just, it, it allows you to just Stay away from all the stuff that doesn't bring you any good to your life and just start being productive, right? And just ask that question all the time, like, what am I doing right now that will take me where I want to be tomorrow? And then try to live on that until you really find your, your purpose in your and mm. what you want to do.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, David, this has been such a good info pack call. If people want to reach out to you, if people want to get involved, if they want to get your help with their sales or their sales teams, how do they reach out and find you?
2: So they can go to the website, majestylevelmarketing.com or um, at the Instagram, david.lopez.corp. And um, right there, they can uh, shoot me a message and I'll be there to help.
1: Can you give those URLs one more time?
2: majestylevelmarketing.com That's for the website, and for the Instagram, it's david.lopez.corp.
1: Awesome, awesome. David, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love to do a follow-up in a couple of months. Thank you for coming and sharing with us on this literally life-or-death skill for a lot of businesses. Uh, I know you've got your own people, your own following, your own stuff you could be doing, so thank you for coming and sharing with us.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure being here
0: or give them to just do it for you whatever it is remember taking action is the secret sauce to results now if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend please give them a link to it it'll help them and it'll help me too I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing your dreams your goals and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back we both do better when we know better